Welcome back. I'm Kim Bailey. She's Fuliana Osborne and this is Inside Exec. Today we're going to talk about talent development and this is a topic that is probably close to both our hearts because as you probably recall for a long time I was a training and development manager and Fuliana has always developed talent one way or another whether it's been through her corporate career or through the, the mentoring and the coaching and the accountability partnership that she continues to do up to this day. We want to look at changes that have happened and the reactions when you do put time in, we do invest in talent development and that talent moves on somewhere else. So let's first of all have a look at what is happening in the world of talent development at the present time and then we'll look at the problems that might be associated with that. I think this is not a new topic, of course, and everybody knows the benefits. I think what's happening more now, which is a bit concerning, is the fact that we're seeing people are moving jobs more frequently now, and that's more acceptable and blessed than all the rest of it. Two to three years seem to be absolute maximum for most. And there's a bit of reluctance to invest in people and in the talent. So everybody wants to get the best people in the organization. And then they say, well, what's the point? Some of them are from what, you know, information I'm getting is saying, what's the point? We, we have limited budget. We train them and then they go somewhere else. That's a waste of money. Well, as an organization, whether you're small or big, you attract talent based on what you got to offer is it a good place to work is it a good brand is it within my values etc do I have a career path will they invest in my training and development in fact they said as far as retention is concerned there was a survey done recently by LinkedIn that said 94% of people will stay in, if they receiving development and training. So it's a retention value tool. So why wouldn't you? But even if you're right, if we all think I'm not going to train them because they're going to go, and if everybody did that, nobody then is investing in training and development. But if we all did it, then that's fine. I invest in Mr. Mrs. X, and then they leave in two years and somebody else benefits. But guess what? I'm getting Mr. and Mrs. Y and I'm getting the benefit of their investment. I don't understand why the basis of people saying, I've trained them and now they've gone somewhere else. So if you're not training them in your very specific tasks and activities, then you're just training them generally in the industry. So why would it be an issue? Your investment in them is for the industry. It's not for you unless you're training them only in your systems. And if they're leaving, it's because they're not happy with your systems or your. it's not about the industry. And I don't think that there's this great influx of people that you've trained and then they leave the industry altogether and go into something completely different. To my mind, it, it starts to sound like there needs to be industry training bodies. If the individual organisations are not interested so not a, a, an industry training body as in a, a semi-government organisation, but someone who sets up a commercial entity that provides a range of training and skills development 
for a, a particular industry. Fuliana and I are involved in something at the moment where gee, there's a, a, a provider who is looking to use some of our content from Inside Exec as part of the offering that they have for training and development within that industry. And to my mind, that's a much better model than organisations trying to think about how they would train people because in the long run, what tends to happen is that if you're in an organisation and you want the best person to train your staff in negotiation skills, you'll pick a, a company that's famous for that. And that company that provides the negotiation skills training will train every other company that are your competitors or are your peer group, basically, in industry. So if you've trained someone using that person and they go somewhere else, there's no loss because, as Fuliana has said, you'll get someone in who's had that same training anyway or similar training. So I can't understand the thinking behind it. (laughs) And uh, a lot of the development, particularly as as you grow in your career, they're transferable skills. They are not just industry technical training. The other thing is, and I do have sympathies with this, medium and small businesses, they're struggling to just make ends meet and pay the wages. So I do understand. But I'm very pleased to say that I've learned some innovative things that they have done. For example, there's one company that I'm working with at the moment, very small, but boutique, you know, they just started up and they're building a really solid future so far. And with the people, they upfront when they get them on board that we're limited with that. However, what we can do, and we, we, we want to invest in new development, we can't afford to pay for courses or uh, stuff like that, but we're hoping as the business grows, that is something really important to us and we want to put money aside for that. In the meantime, however, we will give you time off to study. The time off is whether you're studying online, which is so much more available online from universities right. around the world, you attend in person, whether it's time to do your homework, whether it's time to read, whatever it is, you, you tell us what you want to do and what time you need. And if it's specific, like is it specific time or I just want two hours a week or is it on every Wednesday because we have an interactive session online or or I go to attend something and we'll approve that up front. So to me, I was really happy to hear that because there you go. Yes, the person is paying for it if it's if there's a requirement, but the person doesn't feel like they're not supported by the employer. The employer is being honest in that. Yeah. And I believe them 100% that sort of thinking means they will pay for courses when, when they're able to. That's good to see. The other one is another one, they medium size. And they, again, they, they don't mind spending some, but they can't afford too much. So they focus a lot more on getting the person involved into other things. So middle manager, not being involved in a lot of the strategic, never really young in a career sense and haven't um, had exposure to what happened at the top end. And so the SACA, how we do that is we give you that exposure and give you that experience, but you can attend the board meeting. 
So they're coming there, they're seeing firsthand what happens there, they trusted with the confidentiality, etc. Um, another one, they put them on a project, in some cases to contribute but learn, in other cases was leading a group, and they never done that before. And they said, well, you lead that project, even though you're not the most uh, qualified person to do it. And because the culture of that organization is such that we nobody got sort of offended, oh, God, we don't have to, because you've been given an opportunity and now you're watching somebody else. Mm-hmm. So, again, I'm not going to buy this. We haven't got the budget. Those two examples by those two, two organizations are sort of I'm very impressed with. And, yeah, absolutely. And, and I think yeah. it, it's about the resourcing and mm-hmm. it's not about investing money necessarily mm-hmm. in making the, the development happen. It's about, like with everything else, what resources have we got that we can turn to this activity that makes it a development activity rather than have to find it somewhere in the budget because not always is yeah. external training the best training that you can get mm-hmm. for an organisation. Another example was very good technical report writer, but not so good at communication material, a type of writing. Again, couldn't afford them going to a communications course and expanding their skill set that way. So their immediate manager said, well, why don't you start a newsletter? They never had a newsletter. So it's this way you've got to collect information, you've got to analyse it, you've got to get sign-off for it from the mm-hmm. person you're quoting or interviewing. And this way you're writing completely different. You're not writing a technical specification. And that person thought, oh, but I, I haven't got experience. Yeah, that's why you got it. <laughs> you know, I'll give yeah. you the time to do it. And again, another example of yeah. nil cost, but a product at the end that's used by everyone. And those are skills that are transferable, as you yeah. talked about before. And in the event that you have a management structure that looks at it and says, oh, we gave them all these opportunities, we let him learn how to write or her how to write something that wasn't technical and now they've gone off and and left the organization what do we do now Mm. well i think that's a a management question that you really need to consider in terms of what were you expecting were Mm. were you expecting a pat on the head because you developed this person or were you doing it because you saw that it was going to benefit the organisation as well as, and you've had the benefit to the organisation as well as you've had the person there for that period of time. And the bottom line to all of this is that, yes, people leave organisations, but sometimes they come back. back. And when they come back, they come back with other skills that they've learnt. And if they're coming back, they're coming back because, as we mentioned earlier, they value the organisation, they value the culture, they value the the ethics, whatever else it is, and they're prepared to come back with these extra skills that they've developed along the way and share them with your organisation. So you've got to look at both sides of that equation, that people are coming into your organisation with skills that they're prepared to give to your organisation as -hmm. well as leaving them with skills that they've developed within the organisation. And just a quick reminder, I know all listeners know this, the benefits of development and training. This way, your reputation, you attract 
the right people, you retain the right people, you have better employee satisfaction, you have better customer satisfaction, you have better productivity when people are satisfied, and therefore the bottom line is better. Your shareholders are happy. Your company will thrive. So we know those benefits of, you know, it, they translate to the bottom line at the end of the day. So, yeah, why not do it? It is a, an equation that is equal on both sides. So you can't have a mission statement or a value statement that says we value our people and we, mm-hmm. we develop them and we let them be the best that they can be for this organisation. You're letting them develop and be the best that they can be because that helps your organisation, not because it's it's all one a one-way street. So we, we just need to bear in mind that development works for everybody. Not, it's not just about the person and them getting all these skills. You're benefiting from it in the organisation by doing it. We've had our political message <laughs> for this session. Uh, let us know if you have seen a change in the way development is handled within your organisations and what you feel that that is reflecting about the organisation. But for now, I'm Kim Bailey, beautiful down Rosborn, and this is Inside Exec. <laughs>